When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Birds Steeler fans. What's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, your host of Let's Ride Your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast right here on the Steel Curtain Network, which is a part of Fans First Sports Network. Thank you for taking the time and spending some of your Friday morning or maybe Friday afternoon with me right here on this Let's Ride podcast. Again, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm excited for this show, folks. I'm excited because I get to... I got, I've never been this guy. I've never been an insider. You know, uh, ESPN Insider, those are specific articles for people that are supposedly in the know. I've never been that guy. I've never been able to, be, or I've never been privy to those rumors. But I am now. I am now. We're going to go inside the Steelers' war room. We're going to talk about some of those rumors and, and what went down really during what most everyone that has an opinion on the NFL draft Almost everyone thought was a very successful 2023 NFL draft for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, of course, in the second half, we're going to have Jeremy Drone bets on for the All Bets Are Off segment. So make sure you stay tuned for that and all the way till the end for a very special heart-to-heart. Let's start off with some news, right? Before we get to the rumors and the rumor mill, let's start with some news. Uh, the Steelers made the official announcement that rookie minicamp will be next week, May 12th to the 14th. Players, I mean, if you think about it, if you're talking about just rookies, the Steelers only have 14. Seven drafted, seven undrafted, and you might be thinking, well, Jeff, that's that's not enough. I mean, it's an 11-on-11 11 11 game. Even if you're just doing position-specific drills, is that enough? And the answer is no. And so the Steelers always, they're not alone, all NFL teams do this. They they invite other people to rookie tryout deals is what it's called. And so in this regard, the Steelers invited a slew of players. Some have experience. Some came from the XFL since that, that season is now over. Uh, and some just never got an opportunity. You know, They might have been undrafted and didn't sign with a team right away. And so the Steelers are going and they're just kind of putting their feelers out saying, hey, let's get some guys in here. People always kind of poo-poo this rookie minicamp, but every single year, every year, you will see it, after rookie minicamp, a player or more than one player will be signed to the Steelers' 90-man offseason roster and always, almost always, I shouldn't say always, that's a very definitive statement, almost always then that is also carried with a player getting released, a player getting cut. Uh, So sometimes they'll, they'll like what they see. It's a young guy. Uh, It might be better than a veteran that they have on a reserve contract, and so they cut ties with one, bring this guy in, and then they have a shot. Then they have a shot. Then they're on the 90-man offseason roster. They have to hope that they last until training camp, and then they'll get a shot to prove their worth, whether it's for the Steelers or someone else. So I always put some stock into these rookie minicamps because, well, it's something to talk about. But also, some of these players, man, they're playing for their NFL, their their football lives, if if we're being honest. 
Also, the NFL released their roster for the Steelers. Or not, I'm sorry, not the Steelers. The NFLPA rookie premiere. This is out in California, typically in L.A. This is the the time where you get to see all the the new rookies and their new gear, their first time with the jerseys on, and no Steelers were invited. Like none, no Steelers. We're back in round two, a very popular name in Jerry Porter Jr. So unless he turned it down. I'm not sure why he didn't get an invite. And then also, four tight ends were invited to the rookie premiere. Darnell Washington, hello. Very big name in the draft circuits leading up to the big event. I'm not buying what Jeffrey's selling. No Steelers. Go. That's that's some BS. The only positive is that sometimes it would always interfere with rookie minicamp. Steelers won't have to worry about it this year. So a little personal news uh, before we move on is... I can't believe this is hysterical. On Thursday, May 4th, and may the 4th be with you, like all that stuff. Uh, And it's, I guess it's Star Wars Day, officially, unofficially, don't care. I've said this before. I've never seen any Star Wars movie, television show, cartoon, video game, none of it. I've never seen it. And I just put on Twitter, like, hey, everyone's talking about Star Wars today. I've never seen a movie, but I have seen Spaceballs, and I use a Spaceballs gif because I think it's hysterical. Lo and behold, a dude from the Washington Post, a writer for the Washington Post, he sends me a direct message on Twitter and says, I saw that you put this out there. He's probably searching for it on Twitter. Do you mind if I ask you some questions? I answered his questions for him. And lo and behold, Jeff Hartman's name is in the Washington Post on Thursday. I made it big. Thankfully, not for all the wrong reasons, just because I chose to watch other movies as a kid instead of Star Wars. But there you have it. I finally made it. I made it big. The Washington Post. Jeff Hartman. Why? Because I've never seen a movie. It is what it is. All right. So let's get to the crux of this podcast. Going inside the Steelers' war room. Now, I said how I've never been privy to this information. Well, sometimes situations change. Sometimes people come into your life that you never really expected to come into your life. Sometimes these people might have some connections. And sometimes those connections, those sources, are freaking rock solid. I mean rock solid. Now, I'm not going to name the source. Get out of here. No one does that. Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, Tom Pelissero, like I just mentioned, they don't name their sources. They say, source says this. So if you're about to hit me up on Twitter and say, Jeff, here's your source, don't even, don't waste your time. I'm not telling you my source, and I'm not telling you where the source is getting his information from, but what I can tell you is that this source is, like I said, rock solid. 100%, I would bet my house on this information. That's how solid it is. So when this gentleman came to me and said, hey, having some conversations, is there any information? You know, I mean, like, but what what are you all thinking about the draft? And I was like, well, for me... I just kind of would love to be a fly on the wall in the war room. I said that in our Zoom call and stuff like that when we were doing it as a a Steel Curtain Network uh, team during the draft. I'd love to be a fly on the wall. I'd love to know if there's like disagreements, you know? And so what we found out is what we all thought, and this is not breaking news. This is not like really sourced information, but the Steelers don't spend big in free agency. They never have. They likely never will. And it's funny because we know this. Yet every offseason, everyone is talking about, will they sign Tremaine Edmonds? Like, no, that's a big ticket free agent. They're not going to do that. And this source 
reiterated that. That's not just a fan narrative. That's not just a media narrative. That is factual. They believe in building through the draft. Now, my 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 one question was: Everyone always uses the analogy uh, of banging on the table. The coach that is there, that is maybe the offensive line coach, banging on the table. We need this player. Does that happen? Like, that's what I want to know. Like, take me inside that Steelers war room. The answer is no. The way the Steelers do this is they get all their disagreements out before the draft. So, in other words, they go into this. And the whole process, so the season ends, once draft prep starts, that's when they hash out all of these disagreements. They get it all out. They don't, they don't want anything to be lingering before the draft because when the draft comes, when that event starts, there's no disagreement on picks. Why? Because they've already done all of that. They've already talked about all of the thoughts, all of the feelings. Should we do this? Should we do that? They've ironed out all those details before the draft even happened. So no, there was no disagreement on the picks during this past draft, even with Omar Khan. They have a tremendous amount of synergy in the building, and everyone's on the same page. I found that to be absolutely fascinating, that these guys, they do it a different way. They don't bring this maybe an ulterior motive into the war room saying, I got to fight for this guy that I really think the Steelers should get. They've already done that. They do all that stuff before the draft so that when the draft comes, everyone's on the same page. They're all singularly focused. They have synergy. That's pretty interesting. Now, the Steelers, though, as the draft was happening, because you can not have disagreements. You can all be on the same page, but that doesn't mean that the board is necessarily working in your favor. The Steelers felt that the board fell almost perfectly for them. They look at certain teams. I do not have names. I could probably guess. They always look at certain teams that are going to make mistakes or in the Steelers' eyes, make mistakes. Teams are going to take that one player that you're thinking, who in the hell, why the hell would they take that guy? But they bank on that, and it happened this year. Their whole system is set up on the synergy that I mentioned and also that other teams are going to mess up and it's going to equate to their success in the draft. Now, one of the most fascinating things here was pick 32. Pick 32 for the Steelers, which we all know, there were. it was reported that there were four teams that were interested in trading for the 32nd pick. Now, there are four teams. We know three three teams for certain that wanted that pick. The Tennessee Titans, we know that because they ended up trading for 33 with the Arizona Cardinals. Also, the the Las Vegas Raiders wanted that pick. Now, they picked 35th. They wanted that pick. We know that 100% certainty. And then the the Detroit Lions at 34. Now, here's the thing. The Steelers made it known to all of these teams that – they wanted Joey Porter Jr. in the early portions of the second round. So they were not about to make a trade if they didn't think they were going to get JPJ. The Raiders made it very clear they were not going to take Joey Porter Jr. They wanted Mayer, the tight end. They ended up getting him, but still, that was the offer for 32. They told him, the Steelers said, hey, look, we're not going to take the cornerback, but why did the Steelers not take that? make that deal? Because they would be going back to 35, and they didn't think that Joey Porter Jr. would be available. And when you think of Detroit at 34, 
they were a team that a lot of people said needed cornerback help. Even though they got Cameron Sutton in free agency, they needed cornerback help. They did not address corner in the first round. A lot of people thought they would go with Christian Gonzalez or Devin Witherspoon. Neither. And so the Steelers very well might have said, there's no way we're making that deal with the Raiders to 35 based on the fact that we think Detroit might take Joey Porter Jr. at 34. Therefore, the Steelers made it very clear that they were not going to move off of 32 because they knew who they wanted and they weren't willing to part with it. So when Joey Porter Jr. was still available, I think that changed everything for the Steelers. They feared that even going to 33 was going to have them losing Joey Porter Jr. Really interesting stuff with how this all worked out and how it, how it broke down. But the three teams that wanted to trade up, we there's a fourth, I'm not sure who that is, Tennessee, the Raiders, and Detroit. The Steelers were not about to move off of 32 because they wanted Joey Porter Jr. He was their guy. So interesting stuff in case you're wondering about what happened at pick 32. The last thing that I was concerned about, and I wanted some intel on, was Darnell Washington. And this guy falls. I mean, there were people that had him mocked in round one. And he falls all the way to pick 93. The Steelers had pick 80, and they let him fall to 93. What's interesting is I was curious about the medicals. Now, there were a lot of teams. Every NFL team passed on him at at one point. They were very nervous about the medicals. Other teams, not the Steelers. The Steelers were not nervous about the medicals. They looked at it and said, no. The other teams were saying that he's going to be often injured. He has a propensity for injury. The Steelers, they looked at the same medicals, and they said they are not concerned. What's really interesting is that upwards of 10 teams tried to move up in front of Pittsburgh to take Darnell Washington. They weren't able to do it. The Steelers luck out. I talked about this on Wednesday's podcast. A little bit of patience and a little bit of luck goes a long way. They had some of that in this past draft with Darnell Washington and the fact that he was able to still be there in round three, even after they trade back to get that fourth round pick from Carolina at pick number 93. So there you go, folks. Emptied the notebook, hoping to to do this a little bit more often. It's it's unfortunately not up to me, but every time I get the opportunity and I get some inside information, I'm going to share it with you, the Ride or Die crew. All right, this is the halfway point. Stay tuned. Coming up after the break, I'm going to have Jeremy Drone bets on for all things NFL draft. This was his Christmas. I want to ask him about it. Talk about some player props for these rookies, as well as stay to the very end for a heart to heart. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this break. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back from the break. It is Friday afternoon. I'm sorry, not Friday afternoon. Friday second half, and it's time for the All Bets Are Off segment. Jeremy Jerome Betts. What's up, Jeremy? How's it going? It's going great. Happy to be on the show again with you after a full, complete draft. Ready to talk about it. Have you recovered from that? Um, Yeah, I thought. Well, I thought so until uh, I got hit yesterday with some allergies or a cough or something like that. And so maybe it's all that fatigue coming back. But I don't know. I don't know. I feel I'm feeling all right though. Well, what was your overall takeaway of the draft? Were you happy with it? Were you not just the Steelers, but just in general the event? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you could talk about it being in Kansas City. I thought it was a great venue. I thought yeah. the fans were awesome. Uh, what were your What was your takeaway from the draft as as a whole? Well, first off, the the Steelers absolutely blew my mind with the draft that they were able to come away with. As far as what you typically see happen in a draft, where you fall in love with players and then they don't go to your team, this draft it, it seemed like the players I fell in love with went to my team, and so I can't say obviously right now that the Steelers ace this draft and these players are going to be superstars and mega contributors for the long haul. But what I can say is that the Steelers drafted how I hoped they would draft. And that as an, as a amateur analyst, that's the best I can hope for. (laughs) So the name that you said, and you said it on our show last Friday was Darnell Washington. Yeah. Man, if I would have told you that Darnell Washington would fall all the way to 93, that the Steelers would have him at 80, trade back with the Panthers to gain that fourth-round pick back, and that he's still there at 93, man, what would you have said? I I would have been, yeah, right, Jeff. I might have laughed on the show. (laughs) I might have just the sheer impossibility of it, in my opinion. There was talk that he could go to – Kansas or uh, to Cincinnati in the back end of the first round of the draft and for him to fall to 93 and sitting on the uh, zoom call with everybody from BTSC and steel curtain network sitting there watching when the Steelers traded back from 80, I was like, no, they're not going to get him. Now somebody's going to come up and get him. And they still ended up with him. I was ecstatic. Absolutely ecstatic. All right. I'm going to ask you some tough questions here about this draft class. I want to see if you, what you think, which, player do you think will have a the biggest impact in his rookie season of this draft class i'm gonna go with the first round pick jones and i really think it's because he's going to i think he's going to win the starting job i think the steelers want him to win the starting job on the left side and i think when he does you're going to immediately see an improvement there especially if the steelers change some things up and kick uh their right guard from this last year, James Daniels over to the left side and put uh, Siamalu on the right side, which are their more natural positions based on where they came from and the years that they've played. If they do that, I think that evens out, that balances out that entire offensive line. You're adding strength to both sides. And I really think that the boost to the run game that's going to come from inserting Jones, who's just a nasty blocker in the run game is going to be huge. So I think he's got the best chance to be an early impact player, and I think that he will live up to that billing as well. If you talk about some of these other guys, Joey Porter Jr., the Steelers have a lot of cornerbacks on the roster. Now, we don't like all the cornerbacks on the roster, but that doesn't mean he's going to see be the starting corner on the right side to start week one. You know, So he's going to have to work his way into that role. The Steelers have guys that they're going to be comfortable with Putting out their week one, uh, Levi Wallace, who played well in spurts last year for the Steelers, had a lot of ball production for them. They're going to put those guys with experience in place to to help JPJ grow a little bit. I think the other guy, if you were going to to just maybe take a flyer from not the first round pick, it would be it would be Keanu Benton because I think he slides in as well as a starter on day one along the interior of that defensive line and if he can boost his pass rushing ability, but maintain his ability to stuff the run, I think that he can be a high impact player early as well. 
All right, next question. Who benefits more from the acquisitions of Darnell Washington and Broderick Jones? Najee Harris or Kenny Pickett? Who benefits more, Jeff? Yes. Uh, Let's go with Kenny Pickett. Because okay. Because Najee Harris has an identified skill set, and I think it worked well at the end of the at the end of the year last year, even with the offensive line they had in place, even with the with Zach Gentry being the the blocker for the run game or the blocking tight end. So insert these two guys instead. And I think Kenny Pickett's gonna have more stability on the left side um with with Broderick Jones in place. And then when you when you get Darnell Washington in there, he's just going to make things so much easier for Kenny Pickett because he's going to be able to d- just trust that this guy is going to be able to perform well in whatever role. And if you're talking red zone where the Steelers really struggled last year, what better thing to do for your young quarterback than give him a six foot seven target in the middle of the field that he can just throw balls up to. And if you're talking about a guy who knows how to settle down in the zones who did that a lot at Georgia to move the chains and to just be a big body. I mean, when you're, when you're rolling out to the right, as Kenny Pickett is, is prone to do and you see your giant man standing out there and that's the only thing you see, then it makes things a lot easier. That catch radius is huge. So I think in the growth and development of Kenny Pickett, which is the biggest key, I believe to the Steelers success in 2023, those two guys boost him the most. And Najee Harris is definitely going to benefit, but I think even with what we saw last year, he was still able to figure it out by the end of the year. This is how I run behind these guys. This is how I use my skill or my skills and my talents to the best of my ability behind this offensive line. So it's only going to improve for him, but for Kenny Pickett, this could be a total sea change in every, in how he sees the field and how he operates in uh, crunch time and, and the big time moments of the game. Okay, last one. True or false? The Steelers not selecting a wide receiver in the 2023 NFL draft speaks volumes about how they feel about Calvin Austin the third. True or false? I'm going to go true because I think when you're talking about Calvin Austin, I think they see him as more than just a gadget type guy, more than just a special teams type guy. And that's why they drafted him, I believe, fourth round, correct, fourth, of, yes, here. of last yep. year. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about a receiver with his dynamic skill set and what Matt Canada likes to do, then I think they do have a defined role for him in this offense. And I think when you consider that they brought in Allen Robinson, who has some slot experience but really is an outside receiver in the mold of a George Pickens, more or less, he's got that ability to come inside. But – you're talking about a, a guy that is going to kind of fill in if a guy needs a break more and maybe slot in as your third receiver in slot formations. But when when the Steelers want speed and explosiveness on the field, I think they're going to turn to CA3, as we uh, call him, and yeah. uh, hope that he can be that type of guy, that type of difference maker on the field. Get him some bubble screens, see what he can do. Get him on some jet sweeps, some reverses, see what he can do. And then – you know, work the the high side of the field and let him stretch teams deep and try to try to make that work. I think he's got the ability to do that. Gosh, I hope you're right. I have a lot of hope and faith in Calvin Austin the third, not just to stay healthy. I said this last year when his season was 
kind of put on hiatus on injured reserve. And when he came back and practiced, but then got put back on IR, I said, this reeks of Senquez Golson. I hope and pray that I am wrong. All right, let's get to something that was actually asked during my Wednesday Let's Ride mailbag segment, and that was, who are some player comps for these draft picks? We're not going undrafted free agents. We're talking the seven drafted players. And I said, Jeremy, I want you to figure this out for Friday. Who are your so I gave I gave Jeremy time. So I don't want people to think like oh I geez, appreciate this is that. really yes. tough to do on the yeah. fly. So I did give Jeremy like a at least 24 hours notice and said, Hey, get these yeah. comps together before Friday. So here we go. Let's start with the first round pick. Broderick Jones, who is the comp in your opinion? Steelers fans are gonna like this one. And I think it's Tristan. Did you do Wirth. Steelers only, by the way? Steelers I- comps? I did not, so I did. Okay, that's fine. That's I, fine. I have a a comp for each player that is in the league right now, and got then it. for a couple of them, I've got a, a comp that has played in the past as well. Okay. So, um, for Jones, it's Tristan Wirfs, the offensive tackle out in in Tampa Bay. Yeah. And when you look at their athletic profiles coming out of college, very similar. They both ran sub five in the forty yard dash. Um, they both had great jumps very explosive type athletes, long and athletic type players. Tristan Wirfs might be a little more explosive at the point of attack than Jones is, but Jones is young, still has a chance to develop in that area and grow into himself still a little more. So those two guys kind of compare favorably to each other. And in the case of, of Jones, if he can live up to that type of billing, He'll be a top tier offensive tackle very shortly. Absolutely. I like that comp. Let's go to the second round. The first second round pick, none other than Joey Porter Jr. out of Penn State. Who you got? Yeah, let me give you a caveat here. I'm I'm being very optimistic with a lot of these comps. Okay. Um, so you know, I'm you you and I are the same, Jeff. We we yes. see the the black and gold through rose-colored glasses in a lot of cases, and we want our team to be successful. So these are high-end comps for the most part, for what I see these guys could become. So for Joey Porter Jr., it's Carlton Davis, another Tampa Bay Buccaneer, a long corner. You don't see a lot of the interceptions with Carlton Davis, but he's always affecting the football. And he's got that speed and that press coverage ability that the the Steelers coveted when they selected Joey Porter Jr. When I did my article a couple weeks ago before the draft, um, this is – this is who I liken JPJ to. Uh, but if you were going to go with a Steelers comp, it would be Ike Taylor. And Steelers fans will be very familiar with that. So I kind of added him in there as well just to he, – he's going to hopefully lock down one side of the field. He's going to get up and jam, guys. He's going to talk trash to him. He's going to get in their heads. And then, you know, you're not going to see a ton of interceptions maybe. We don't know. Let's not, let's not throw out the possibility of that Joey Porter Jr. could – develop those hands a little bit at the NFL level. But as you see him now, the type of player he is, he could really be that type of press man corner that just shoves people around, plays physical, and hopefully locks down one side of the field for the Steelers for years to come. All right, Uncle Ike. I like it. He's wearing number 24. Why not? Now let's go to the second, second round pick. That's Keanu Benton, defensive lineman out of Wisconsin. Who you got in this one? It's Leonard Williams for me. Giants interior defensive lineman. He, um, they, they profile again, similarly at, as athletes, bigger guys in the middle of, of the defense that can just take a gap and fill it and, and be run stuffers. 
Leonard Williams has really improved as a pass rusher from the interior as well. He just knows how to to stack and shuck, if you will, the blocker and and just get get on to the quarterback. Benton has some of those abilities as well. He's less refined in them, but at his best, I think he could be very similar to Leonard Williams and how he plays football. All right, let's go to the third round. We know who that is. That's none other than Darnell Washington, tight end out of Georgia. Who's the comp? This is the comp everybody gives him, and it it just fits. It's Mercedes Lewis. Uh, he's the the big six foot eight tight end that used to play for the Packers and I think the Jaguars recently. He did play as well. for the Jags for a bit, yes. Yeah, so he has he has that size, that movability, just very fluid, very smooth, but a powerful inline blocker, and that is what Washington hopes to be. I think Washington has even more upside as a receiver than than Mercedes Lewis did, but you're talking about guys who at that size move just incredibly smooth. Jeff, I don't know if you saw at the NFL combine Darnell Washington's one-handed snag mm-hmm. uh, to end the yeah. combine the entire week. That's the kind of player that Washington can be. And Mercedes Lewis, while on that spectrum, isn't even that special an athlete. So I think you're looking at a real unicorn in Darnell Washington, but this would be the closest comp you could really give. There's not many six, seven tight ends to really compare him to in in NFL history, at least recent NFL history as well. All right, let's go to the fourth round. We have Herbig, Nick Herbig out of Wisconsin, linebacker, outside linebacker, whatever you want to call him. Who's that comparison? Man, this was the toughest one. So I had to do a little digging and it's, this is obviously the the guy I'm going to compare him to was a first round pick very successful edge rusher, a little smaller, shorter, I think only like 245, so only like five pounds heavier than than Herbig is. But it's Melvin Ingram, a guy's a guy Steelers fans would be very wow. familiar with. He's a smaller edge defender, but just really quick off the ball, really good hand fighter, knows how to get to the get to the quarterback. So that would be a high-end comp. You could also go if you were to move him inside, maybe a Shaq Thompson type player from the uh, Carolina Panthers who a little bit undersized, but uses his speed and his athleticism to affect the game. A fantastic blitzer as well. Those two guys were the closest I could, I could come up with. I, I'd love to hear if any in the ride or die crew have a better comp uh, than I was able to come up with here. But those are the two guys that, that fit the Herbig style to me. Cause I wanted to kind of give an edge guy that, that fit as well as right. an interior off ball guy that kind of fit that description uh, description of Herbig as well. So those two guys really, really fit it there. Okay, I like it. Let's go to the seventh round. Two picks left. Corey Trice yep. Jr. out of Purdue, cornerback. Another long and rangy cornerback. Yep. Who's your comp? Tariq Woolen from Seattle, who okay. was a fourth-round pick, uh, fifth-round pick, excuse me, last year that really stepped on for – up for Seattle and became a top tier corner. He was in the defensive player or rookie defensive player of the year uh, running for a long time last year before sauce Gardner eventually took it for the jets. But you're talking about six foot four, 205 pounds. That's Tariq Woolen, Corey Trice, six foot three and a half and 206 pounds. So very similar athletic profiles. Trice is extremely, extremely quick and knows how to get a foot in the ground and, and turn very fluid player for being so tall. Another guy, Jeff, that this guy's a real big outlier as far as size goes for cornerbacks, but 
kind of fits this mold as well from the physicality standpoint. And that's Brandon Browner of the Legion of Boom played mm-hmm. opposite Richard Sherman in Seattle for many years when the Seahawks were so good in the early 2010s. Um, those two guys kind of fit his style of play and their size comps as well for Corey Trice. Very good. Last one, Spencer Anderson guard out of Maryland, the Terrapin yeah. Tomlin's uh, Maryland pick. So go ahead. Who's that comp? Yeah. So Spencer Anderson is, is very versatile. Uh, you're going to see him maybe even play center for the Steelers. If they want to have somebody to, to come in behind Mason Cole and work behind him and, and learn the craft a little bit, he can play center guard is his most natural position. You'd have to say, so I went with Cody Wallace, another former Steeler, oh, who proctologist. Yeah, absolutely. Very, <laughs> <laughs> very similar body types. Spencer Anderson is a little more athletic than Cody Wallace was, but again, versatile players. They can play really anywhere on the interior, swing guard, if you will. Uh, they can jump in at center if there's an injury. So those those two guys were best fits to me. Very good. Thank you very much. Let's uh, let's I'm going to give you a chance. Let everyone know what's going on with the Steelers fix this week, as well as what you might have working for the website and also plug your socials. Go ahead, Jeremy. Yeah, absolutely. Steelers fix. We're still wrapping up draft coverage. We're going to I'm not sure what the topic will be this next week, so keep an ear open. We'll we'll have that uh, going for Tuesday. But Andrew Wilbar and I, we graded last week the, the picks based on you know, where the prospects were ranked really and and how the Steelers were able to, to get them. So not necessarily how we think they're going to do for the Steelers, but kind of giving a more practical uh, look at yeah. the grading system. Uh, and then you can, you can expect uh, uh, more things from me on BTSC. I'm writing a power rankings, a post-draft power rankings for all 32 NFL teams. And the Steelers might be a little higher than you think mm. they would be. So Nice. And uh, trying to be objective with that, Jeff, but you know how it is. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. I get it. Yep. And then Twitter, you can follow me at the bets 93 T H E B E T Z nine three. And I'm doing most of the social on Twitter for BTSC now. So yeah. hit me up for sure. For sure. Jeremy, as always, thank you for your time. We'll talk next week. Have a good one. See ya. A big thank you to Jeremy for taking the time, as he always does. He's done some tremendous work for the Steel Curtain Network as well as the Fans for Sports Network NFL feed. I'm going to pump that up right now. Our own KT Smith, Coach Smith, go check out our FFSN NFL feed. It's only going to get more robust. It's just starting out. Go anywhere where you get your podcast, search FFSN space NFL, and you'll find it. you see a red, white, and blue NFL logo with a football right in the middle of that Target uh, logo. Subscribe. You'll get Jeremy's draft grades breakdown with Andrew Wilbar, as well as Coach Kevin Smith's call sheet podcast. His podcast on Thursday was awesome. Uh, Check that out, as well as that is a developing feed. I'm going to have some more stuff on there as well. Let's finish this up with a heart-to-heart, though. A lot of people in their lives will deal with disappointment. It's part of life, right? Everyone gets disappointed from time to time. Uh, You watched the video of Joey Porter Jr., who didn't get selected in the first round, is absolutely heartbroken. And, yeah, I mean, he, he was in the green room waiting and didn't get his name called. He goes home. But guess what? He ends up being selected by his hometown team of the Pittsburgh Steelers, where his dad played. And he then gets to say, look, I'm a Steeler now. So that disappointment can turn into an opportunity. I think back to the Steel Curtain Network. 
in January when we got an email saying that, hey, guys, uh, you can continue to podcast, but you can't podcast with us anymore. Damn, that sucked. And it was it was, it was really rough for a lot of people that do this as a way to not just celebrate Steelers being a fan, but also as as a form of income. Yet it turned into what? It turned into an opportunity with Fans First Sports Network. So sometimes in our lives, disappointment can really suck. But if we have an open mind, if we keep our mind open to new adventures, new opportunities, they're there. They're there. It might take some time, but they're there. So keep that in the back of your mind, just like Joey Porter did uh, when he was drafted 32nd overall. All right, folks, I enjoyed this show. This was different for me, but I really liked it. And I hope you all did too. I hope you have a great weekend. Make sure you join me on Monday. I have a very special podcast coming up on Monday, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime, you know we finished out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great, great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Go see you.